Happy tenant is a good tenant. We did not intend to be in the property management business. The property management industry is very sharing. We're providing housing for human lives. And life happens to everybody. You don't manage as many properties as I do without the stories. Like six grown men jump back like, what the hell was that? Something's about to eat us. You're listening to the Property Manager Podcast, brought to you by Buildium. Real stories, real people. I'm Caroline Thompson from Buildium, and this is the Property Manager Podcast. Before we jump into our regular program, here's an announcement from the Buildium team. Our annual Buildium and NARP from State of the Property Management Industry Report will be available on October 17th, so be sure to keep an eye out for it. We will also be hosting a webinar with more insights from the report on October 25th. You'll be able to download the report and register for the webinar on the Buildium website. We all know you have to be quick on your feet when you're in the property management industry, but Mark Lieberman really drives that point home in today's episode. Mark is the founder and principal of On The Mark Management, located in Milford, Connecticut, and has over 25 years' experience in the industry. He shares with us how he found himself in the industry in the 1980s and his journey on how he got to where he is today, which is his own company with a mixed portfolio of over 1,700 units. Mark goes into detail of what he feels makes his company stand out from the rest and what it's like to work so closely with your family. Mark Lieberman with On The Mark Management, and I am the founder and principal of the firm. Presently, we're managing, I believe, 29 properties, uh, about 1,700 units. Uh, They can range from um, a single family to a very small condo of four units to a co-op of plus 900 units to multifamily rentals to apartment buildings to mixed-use commercial residential. So we're we're all over the map on that. Okay, so it sounds like you have a very diverse portfolio, which is exciting to kind of learn more about that. Yes, I started I started in the condominium co-op field and I branched out. Okay. So that is I was kind of wondering how you initially got into the industry. So you started out with condos? I started in the industry by um, actually got my feet wet with being a uh, apartment dweller in New York City and the uh, apartment was into a conversion into a co-op. You know, I was in a, um, a resident and a tenant and uh, I got on the task force and when I, I decided to buy in, and uh, that was in 1989, I still own that co-op. I was on the board for 10 years as the board uh, the board president. Uh, but then when I moved out of the city, I relinquished that, but I still own, we still own that property. But that gave me um, a taste of association management or co-ops, condos. And when I moved to Connecticut, um, I decided at that time in 2003 and four, with the real estate market being really hot, that I would um, get my real estate license, which I had dabbled, and dabbled in New York in New York when I was there. But anyway, um, and uh, getting my real estate license at that point, I kind of felt that you know it's a fickle business. Um, moved to Connecticut, I don't know many people. You know my network in Connecticut, I could do dialing for dollars, but I decided that what can I find that would give me a guaranteed residual income? When I found out about property management and real estate, well, that's a segue right there. So I got involved in property management, working for a company. I had my real estate license, but you didn't need it in Connecticut to manage condos and co-ops. So I started in 2004. And here we are 14 years later. So you started getting your real estate license, I believe. So were you also buying and selling properties? Like, do you own a lot of the properties that you manage or how did that kind of 
I guess, the two work together to where you are now? Well, no, actually, when, when I, I, I had the co-op in New York um, and one other property upstate New York, but uh, in reality, was nothing was really an income producing enough for, for revenue for me. So when I got involved in, in 2004 in working for a company and managing properties, their, their sweet spot was condominiums. So I started managing condominiums. I realized that I had a knack for it. I also had the background from being on the board for 10 years as a co-op, a board president. They're not the same co-ops and condos, but board of directors and associations, very much the same. And, uh, and all the intricacies of politics and issues, budget, insurance, and things like that. I actually just been managing other people's properties, condominiums, co-ops, and uh, on the rental properties and investment properties I manage for other people as well. Mark's introduction to the industry is not unique in that he fell into it. However, his journey there is slightly different. His building was being turned into a co-op and then worked his way onto its board. With Mark's 10 plus years as board president and over 25 years in the business, I wanted to know how his approach has changed over the years with managing board members. Well, each each association is an entity upon itself. It's a business upon itself with all its budgetary, financial, and uh, repair issues. But the one constant thing is that they all have a board of directors. You have a, I don't want to call it a multi-headed monster, board of directors where you, instead of having one boss, you have a multitude of people that you're dealing with. So the politics in, in working with associations and boards is quite the challenge. Communication aspect, understanding what the hot points are, you know, what buttons to push, what buttons not to push, what issues to bring to the forefront, what, uh, how to be proactive and take care of, it, take care of items before they turn into issues, before they turn into problems. And uh, growing up in New York, at one point I was trying to be an actor in New York. So I think my, that ability has helped me in terms of, you know, reading people. Uh, getting a sense of of what's going on and reacting in kind to, you know, placate the problem, to address the problem. You know, you, you deal differently with each different personality on each different board. But thank God for Buildium, because that gives me a layer between me and the unit owners um, in terms of dealing with issues and problems. That's one of the features in terms of your product that's allowed me to, number one, expedite issues or tasks or repairs because of that, you know, um, the ability through the web portal and Buildium to respond to things and I and it almost becomes I, I don't have to in other words I don't have to interface personally with each and every request I could just do it through Buildium through the task manager and I can communicate directly with them and archive the com uh, the communication so that's that's really been helpful but of course you know you get those phone calls that come in yeah you know, at board meetings you know unit owners with their issues or their complaints uh, anything like that, that you have to deal with. And so I'm assuming you probably get a lot of maintenance requests or different requests that come through. How do you prioritize them? Like, how do you handle the influx of work that you weren't anticipating because you never know when something would come up? It's being able to turn on a dime. It's being able to uh, prioritize. I, I've always said this in, in terms of the business. It's not how smart you are, how intelligent you can be. Really, I think as a property manager, you have to have um, you have to be administratively organized. You got to be able to multitask. Property managers get in the most trouble, and I see that for my managers that that work for me. That you know they they drop the ball, it either falls in the crack, they forget about it, things like that. 
it's about being uh, administratively organized in taking care of things. And it's really difficult, especially like, again, when you're dealing with different properties, each property to me is like a business and each business has its needs, has its budget, has its insurance items. Like right now, I'm dealing with two different properties that have major insurance claims. You know, uh, with the, the big cold winter and the freeze, we had burst pipes. <laughs> Believe it or not, in one of them, I have a retail store that someone tried to make a, a drive-through window through the liquor store. It's in a strip mall. It's one of the properties we manage. And uh, somebody drove right through. Thank God there was no loss of life or limb. Someone was injured. But, uh, you know, thank God. Uh, not... Uh, as bad as it could have been. And, uh, but I mean, you're handling two different things and someone calls in and says like, well, which adjuster am I talking to? Uh, which, uh, which one, you know, so it's, it's being able to be organized. And I think the, um, you know, building them with what it offers me, uh, allows me to stay organized. So how's your team structured so that you can keep everything organized? Because I know it does come down to the technology, but also it's that personable aspect, like who's dealing with which client I'm assuming. So how do you handle that? in a like face-to-face -face interaction wise? I'm always available to my staff. I'm always asking them how they're doing, what issues, what questions, reviewing properties with them. And then I make my own list of what the hot points are with those properties, what needs to be done, what is the, what is the big item? And then I'll interface with them. Because I have that openness, uh, that open line of communication with them, you know, they'll come to me with like, you know, I, I got an issue here. I don't know what to, to do. How do I deal with this? And for example, I had a uh, situation where a unit owner is the mother. She doesn't live there. She's not near the property. And she has her, I guess, a special needs daughter living there, an adult daughter. One thing, you know, because, uh, you know, things weren't being taken care of by the occupant of the unit, you know, a violation letter was sent and then she came back with, well, I got repairs to be done in the unit. And I could see it from talking to my manager that this was mushrooming on him. And I said, well, let's set up a face to face. Let's get out there on the property. Let's inspect it. Let's meet with them and let's come up with a plan of action. And because of this first event and because of the, the extenuating circumstances with this uh, situation, um, I went there with him today. It allowed me a time, you know, travel time wasn't that far, you know, up to New Haven, Allowed me to, you know, converse with my manager's name's Dom. And then after we went for lunch and talked and you know, discussed, you know, what his uh, action items are, what's his agenda, what's his plan. So you know, that's how I handle things. And I think it also helps with efficiency to kind of instead of having back and forth communication with whoever you need to correspond with, it's kind of cuts the chase when you have. That's that, that's that wonderful feature that I get every time I, I log into Buildium. You know, you've got them incoming task request. And because I'm like the administrator or the chief, I see all of them come in, you know, and I can either, you know, negate them. Um, it's not like... Uh, I'm getting so many that I can't, if I couldn't deal with it, I wouldn't be able to, but I'll see like an incoming request and we use that feature to communicate directly with whoever the requester is. So that allows us to be very effective and efficient in dealing with our clientele. And then I could see things, you know, if, it, if, if the request keeps coming in, then I know it's, it's been way late. It's not being taken care of. So I know that you quickly grew from, you said you have 1700 units now, I believe, or around there. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> It's not a success overnight. It's it's, uh, it's more or less the fact that when I started in March of 2010, I was just consulting. You know, um, in Connecticut, you need to be a licensed community association manager to manage condos and co-ops and homeowners associations or PUDs. Um, I had that. I was I was also a licensed realtor. So um, I just started, you know, consulting to properties that were too small to be able to afford. 
a full-time management company. And then one thing led to another. I picked up a 10-unit property from being appointed by the Superior Court of New Haven to be to be a receiver and property manager and broker of the property. Uh, one thing led to another, another property. And I think it was on in October 2012. So now we're talking almost two years later that I, I acquired my client that was 212 units. And that's when I realized that I could not do this by myself anymore. That I, I And my son, who had just graduated from Southern in a major in accounting and finance, I said, listen, you need some work. You want to help me out? That's the tagline he used when I, I showed him Buildium because I, I saw Buildium as a, as a product that I could grow with. Very user friendly. I didn't need a lot of training or, you know, uh, had to be on it every day in order to use the functionality of it. Very user friendly. And I grew with it. I started with 25 units, 50, then 100. Then I picked up the 212, then 300 units. The, my son came on with me now, then. And so I guess this past November 2017, we've been working together for five years. And he still calls me dad. Not boss. <laughs> well, no, he never calls me boss. <laughs> That's really funny. I bet it's an interesting dynamic that a lot of your team members are, I know, your family members, too. So how does that work? Oh, no, it, it, it's great because it's great. I never thought it was going to be that way. The other member on my, uh, my Jasper is my partner. He's like, he handles the back office. He interfaces with building, does a lot of the financials and is always on top of that. He's our controller. My wife decided a couple of years ago to leave the corporate world and she had a real estate license. So she works under my broker license and she actually did not want to manage condos and co-ops. But um, because she's a realtor, she's very adept at managing our multifamily rentals and apartment buildings. And, uh, she's doing a great job. She'll come in and if she's got to be the office manager and answer the phone, she does that. Really having family there, which out of the out of our eight staff members, you know, including myself, three are family, my son, my wife and myself. And it, you kind of mentioned that when you're in the property management industry and also when you're on a smaller team, you kind of have to wear those many hats and kind of take on whatever role is needed at the time. How do you kind of handle that? Being able to turn on a dime, being able to multitask, it's, it's kind of a philosophy. I, I try to deal with everything as an issue before it becomes a problem. I, I want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Having a uh, the tools that I've needed, that I put in place, allow me to to, to have the uh, the tools required to, to be part of the solution. I think that's a really good way to kind of approach the business strategy that way. And I know you mentioned earlier that when I was talking about your unit count today, you're like, this is not an overnight success. And I think a lot of people who get into the industry want to get in because they, I don't know, think it's a quick way to make money or whatnot, but I don't think they realize how much effort and hard work go into constructing a business and over a long term. How would you, what kind of advice would you give someone who's just getting into the industry? Don't get in. No, um, I, I mean, it's, well, first of all, I, I think condominium and and uh, co-op, homeowner association management is a, is a very competitive field. Profit margins are very very small unless you start to develop where you get a maintenance division and you start doing labor in there but you know it's i stayed away from that i've always felt that having a maintenance division uh where it becomes a uh, a revenue center for me a source of profit and me and i'm sending people to do a job you know i into a property that i'm managing 
it can lead itself to problems. You know, the brokerage end, you know, we can we can do, you know, we can rent units out. We sell the condos, you know, some of the condos we manage. We do the rentals with the brokers. That's where the uh, uh, some of the lucrative side of the business is, and also where I've expanded into managing those type of properties, the the rental properties, the mixed use commercial residential. There's a much there's a much higher profit margin. If anybody was getting into the business, I would say number one, make sure you're able to roll up your sleeves and work. You got to be on the ground. You got to be the eyes and ears because you got to follow up on everything. I love Mark's business philosophy on rolling up your sleeves and doing the dirty work. I assume he has the same beliefs about handling maintenance requests and inspections. However, I want to know what else helps him be the most prepared for these types of challenges. Well, I think having an understanding of construction and, uh, you know, structural integrity uh, of of, uh, properties is something that allows you to see issues, you know, developing and happening, you know, uh, whether it be, you know, uh, the allegating of of asphalt or cracks or sinkholes. And we got a problem developing here or siding, you know, the building, you know, maybe, you know, being aware of those issues before they really start to, you know, become real costly. No, I think that's something that a lot of people when they first get in don't really realize. Um, and that's when those big mistakes happen and the stories where they learn from. So I think that's huge to kind of always stay ahead of it and kind of keep that in mind too. And so now I'm curious, now that you're 20 plus years into the industry, looking back, what kind of goals did you set yourself initially when you started your own company and how have those changed over the years? You're asking me what my if I had if I had a, a plan of growth. No, I was just I was just no. I actually was just uh, I didn't know. I, I knew that the business was out there. I look around now and see what I have, and and I can't believe how we've built it, not how I built it. My son has helped me, uh, my family, and my staff. You know, I have other staff members, and right now I have uh, one, two, three licensed Connecticut managers. You know, community association managers, a couple of realtors under my uh, wing, plus my office staff. There's two what I call my account managers. They're my office staff, my administrative. No, it's it, it, it's um, it's definitely a surprise where I am right now. I'd like to have been bigger, but then I don't know if bigger is better, you know? And I think that's always interesting to see what you kind of define as success. Like some people just want to grow as quickly as possible. Some people want to devote more time and energy into the types of residents that are living in their buildings. What do you define as success for your company? Well, for my company is basically uh, sustainability. A lot of people come and go uh, in this business. You expand, you contract. You know, it's about building that network, that infrastructure that you could, you could, you know, withstand the hard times and also take advantage of the growth spurts. You know, and we've had a tremendous growth spurt. You know, for for the first five years of my business, I was working in a home office in this house. <laughs> And that's where we worked for a couple of years and we got to a certain point. That's when we acquired the building in downtown Milford at 47 Cherry Street. To tell you the truth, the office after six months was too small. But that's quite the problem. I mean, it's a good problem to have if you're growing that quickly. And I know you didn't. You said you didn't set out originally to grow as quickly. So I'm wondering how, like I'm sure a lot of people who are looking to grow their business are curious to see like how do you grow then? I know you said you had some growth spurts. So is that kind of your suggestion or are there other ways of going about that? Doing the next right thing, you know, being principled in your actions and in your thoughts and working with people, just doing the next right thing on a day-to-day basis makes it happen. You know, you've got a network. So as, 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 as for me as a business owner, I manage my my business. I manage some properties. I manage my staff. 
I market, I enhance my infrastructure when I need it of my business. So there's a lot of hats that I'm wearing. And I'm sure you've learned along the way how to become more efficient with the processes that you applied, either challenges that occur or whatnot. So I'm wondering, how have you changed your strategies today compared to when you were kind of starting and going through those growth spurts? I, I, I tell you the honest truth, making sure my managers know how to fully use Buildium. I'll tell you that right now. It's all within there to, to work efficiently and effectively. As my son says, he says to Jasper says, I don't know how people did property management without like a tool like Buildium. You know, when it comes to my growth spurts and everything like that, I would have to say that uh, if I w- didn't have Buildium as my um, ally, as my as my partner, as my business partner, I couldn't have handled it. I can't see doing this on a spreadsheet. And I know there's property managers that use Excel, or they do this and they do that. You know, uh, Buildium does it all. I mean, I mean, it's great to hear about Buildium. I mean, I love hearing <laughs> stories from our customers. But do you think beyond the technology, there are other aspects that you've kind of streamlined or become more efficient, whether it's um, g- gaining new properties or kind of refining the relationships you have with either vendors or tenants that kind of help you be more successful? I think, I think in streamlining, it's, it's to, know, to know what to go after and to know what not to. It's a, it's a gut feeling. It's a gut feeling. If it's going to be too much, if I know going in that there's too many rough edges and there's too much happening, you know, it's not going to be worth the long haul. It'll detract from me. It'll take a lot of energy from me. And that's also been hard to do because sometimes you get a uh, what you seem is like a lucrative deal or a win situation, and it could be a win-lose situation. That's hard to understand. Sometimes you, you, you have to go win it and then realize it. And, and then you have to decide, do you keep continuing go forward or do you change your strategy? And have you experienced this personally? Like, have, how do you get out of it or how do you continue to or try to make it better? How do I experience it personally? Sleepless nights, young lady. Not too good sleep. You know, it's just that if there's not a, if there's not a good mix, if there's not a good match, then it's not going to work. You know, I don't care what you do down the, down the road. And I've been in these situations. Believe me, you know, it's like I, not all my properties that I've had have been, have been wins. I have actually I've, I've lost properties. I've gained properties. It's the cycle of the business. Especially when you're dealing with, you know, condos and, and co-ops, this and that. you got board of directors, the boards change, you get new people in there, they have their personal agenda, they may have their person in the wings that they want to bring on board, they may feel they have the idea of the year, you know. <laughs> so you just got to keep doing your job, keep doing the best you can. And like our mission statement says, is that we're there to protect and enhance the properties we manage. And uh, so the tools that I put in place... You know, I talk about Buildium and then that's a great part of it because we use Buildium for everything. That's what I love about it is that I can use Buildium for my 900 plus unit co-op property or I can use it for a two family rental. Mm -hmm. And after talking and you kind of mentioned this, after talking to a variety of property managers, I think most look for the best fit. That's what you kind of mentioned that sometimes the relationship just doesn't work out with when you're looking for new partners or whatnot. And so I think the heart of the property management industry is really it's a people business. Um, and it definitely is. It's a it's a customer service business. You know, yes, you have to manage tasks and vendors and you know structural items and finances and this and that. 
But when it all boils down to it, it's a people's business. It's a, it's a customer service business. You know, that the client is very important. And knowing that, because it's super important, I mean, you're dealing with people's homes and like, livelihoods. How do you market towards them? Like, do you take a different approach than I know, like another company where it's, you're not really dealing with people's personal lives? Do you, does that play a role in your marketing position or your business plan overall? Being personable or working with somebody, there's got to be, there's got to be that simpatico. You know, and I've been in issues. I, I was in sales before this in another career. And, and I've learned that sometimes you get in front of somebody you're trying to sell and there is no way it's going to happen. And you know, you've got a good product. You know, you've got the best that's there. But, you know, they're just not listening to you or, you know, so you bring somebody else in. I'm actually, you know, my business is me. You know, it's it's I've, I've my business has grown. But the way we handle clients, the way we you know, being responsive, our mission statement, our sense of urgency in responding to things um, has allowed us, you know, I, that's a personal thing I brought into the business. No, I think that's not a good approach to have then. You're very hands-on, which is great. Um, and I'm wondering if that just comes across in, like, as I'm, I've heard a lot about not marketing, but just like everything's word of mouth and property management. And that's how you kind of get referrals or you get more business. So I'm wondering, is that something that you've personally experienced or how else do you get your company name out there? Most definitely. And also, you know, when you're talking about a sales cycle, regards to condos and culture, remember, you know, you, you know, you're not dealing with one decision maker. You're dealing with a board of directors and each has their own personal agenda, their personal likes and dislikes. You know, like I said, you could have the best product in, but when I walk through the door, they look at me and they don't like, it, you know, and, and I understand that. I go to a, a meeting or something. I try to bring somebody else because if I get that sense, I'll just pass it over to like my son, who's still a lot different than me, very different than me. It looks more like his mother. <laughs> Therefore, it's almost like two different people in the room, and, which it is. But, uh, you know, in terms of his personality and the way he responds and deals with things. But, uh, yes, I definitely think that it's it's an issue where um, it's a definite word of mouth business. I, you know, I do a lot of networking. I get involved with the Community Association Institute, very involved with them. I'll, I'll do lectures. I just did a lecture at an expo, you know, and get, get my name out there. But it all comes down to where like a lawyer knows you and refers you to a property or somebody refers you. I mean, I picked up this large property a year and a half ago, very large, a big uh, a game changer for our business and our business plan. And um, within the same week, I got referred to that property by not only the legal counsel of the association, but to an insurance agent who was redoing their insurance because they were going into the excess market because they were in serious trouble. So they said, well, I know a manager that would help you greatly. So here we are uh, over a year and a half later. That's quite impressive. So do you think it's all through networking that you kind of get the word of mouth out there? Or are there other ways you use social channels, your website? Like, how, like what are your other ways of doing well, it? No, I, I, I put a lot of money into our website, my, my website out there, you know, on the mark MGMT. I put a lot of, I invested a lot in 2017 in that site uh, in order to, you know, not only promote my management business, but also my real estate brokerage. And we've gotten a lot of, you know, good feedback on that and, and, and leads. But in terms of me, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Facebook head, although the Mark has a Facebook page, but I don't really get involved in it. I don't have time. And neither does Jasper. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's a very busy to kind of manage everything. So I'm just wondering for people who want to get the word out there and trying to do it quickly or trying to choose because I know you're very busy to choose different segments that are like the most successful which ones are the best to invest your time in or is it more networking I think it's more networking 
you got to you really you really got to get in, you got to get you, you got to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty and get out there and 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 get involved with the organizations that service these condos and and uh, co-ops or associations and uh, and getting out there. I think that's great advice to end on. I'm sure our listeners will love to hear that. I have one more question. I know you've been in the business now for 20 plus years, so I'm wondering if you have a favorite story from your time in the industry. This is a good one, and, and I'm sure managers. It was um, on January 3rd of this year. We were taking over, transferring a property from one management company to ourselves, and it was a, uh, a 23-unit loft-style apartment building in downtown New Haven. And we walk in and uh, inspecting the property and getting the route to turn over. And I, I look out the hallway window and I go to the to the guy. I said, well, that door seems opened over there. What's that door there? Is that to a, uh, you know, it was frigid. It was January 3rd. I mean, we were talking sub-zero weather. And he goes, oh, I go, is that to a common area? That door's open. It's frigid out. He goes, oh, no, no. It's to this apartment right here. This is a four-bedroom apartment. And, uh. I said, the door's open. I've been watching it as we're talking here. No one's coming in and out of there. And so I said, do you have the keys to get in there? Because we're, you know, we're just taking over the property. I had no idea of the property. We walk into this 2,000 square foot loft style, four bedroom, four bath apartment, gigantic, totally frozen. And I, I totally, it was, it was uh, radiators were burst. The, the cast iron blew through the sheetrock. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the management company and I turn to him and I go, you know what? I don't think I'm ready to take over the property right now. Then then he goes, well, what? And I said, never mind, never mind. As we're running around, I said, if you know where the shutoffs are, do it now because when this thaws, we're going to have a problem. Uh, before you knew it, I had vendors on site within the hour to deal with it. But and that property is very successful in our portfolio right now. I don't think there's a better example of being quick on your feet than having a bunch of vendors on site a few hours after realizing a unit has frozen over. Nothing short of the norm in property management. I love talking with Mark to see what he's learned on his journey and what advice he had to share with those new to the field, such as roll up your sleeves and get to work. He also emphasized how this business is truly word of mouth and how valuable networking is. However, he definitely drilled home the fact that the type of work you're putting out there speaks volumes and the referrals will start to come in from this. I hope you walk away from this episode with some new initiatives to try in your own business. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review us and don't forget to subscribe to not miss out on any future episodes. Feel free to email us questions and comments at podcast at buildium.com or find Buildium on social media and use the hashtag Buildium Podcast. Thanks for listening.